before we begin this morning, I wonder if there'd be a word from someone before we start. If not, we're going to be in the Old Testament this morning. We're going to take a reading lesson from 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, if you'd like to read along. I want to cover a little information this morning before we start reading. Uh, according to my uh, Thompson's Chain Reference Bible, and, and I'm not going by one of those in chronological order, but uh, this reading and lesson occurred about 894 B.C., before Christ. And this reading lesson this morning is about a man named Naaman. Naaman was, uh, the Bible calls him the captain of the army, but uh, we would think of him as a general in today's society and, and the way our military is structured. Uh, he was a, a general of the Syrian or Armenian army. And he was second only in command to the king. King Aram, he, he, he answered only to him, no one else. So this man was uh, very important. Uh, we might say he was the man in the military. This man had a problem. He was afflicted with uh, leprosy. And in the Greek meaning, the word means to peel off in scales. It would be uh, similar to uh, psoriasis in this day and time, although leprosy is still around. But this disease is far worse. It starts with a discoloration of the skin showing up first on the face of a person. And from what I read, it would show up on the, the brow, the, the nose, the chin, and the ears. So really, unless a person covered everything but their eyes, it would be very difficult for them to hide this situation that they had from other people. Now, the, the disease is systemic and involves the internal organs the bones, the joints, the marrow. And and what happens, uh, it's going on on the inside of the body before it ever shows up on the outside of the body. The loss of feeling begins in uh, the extremities, your, your hands, your feet, your fingers, your toes. And, uh, and as it goes over on, on over time, they become deformed, grown, and and then as it becomes more advanced, the fingers they they begin to fall off, and the toes, and then finally the hands and the feet. Now, when someone had this disease, uh, it was a contagious disease. They were quarantined. They were. Uh, they were put away. They couldn't be around other people. 
the Bible doesn't say that evidently Naaman, uh, it was early in this disease that uh, had came upon him because he was still around other people. And maybe that was because of his uh, very important position that he held. But nevertheless, there were still people around him. We'll begin reading now in uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. And because by him the Lord had given deliverance into Syria, unto Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. So as important as, as he was, and uh, being a man of valor, uh, strong and brave, he still had a problem. In today's reading lesson, I want this to, uh, to parallel with um, someone being lost versus leprosy. And, and when we think of a parallel, I, I know I can, I can come up with one locally in my mind pretty easily. Uh, if you were traveling north on Acresville Road, it, it would lead you to Kentucky. If you were traveling north on Scottsville Road, you would end up in Kentucky. If you were traveling north on Galen Road, you would end up in Kentucky. Everywhere, pretty much, that you turn left off of Acresville Road, you're going to end up on Scottsville Road. Everywhere you turn right off Acresville Road, you're going to end up on the Galen Road. But all three of these roads parallel, but they all lead to Kentucky. So we want to do a side-by-side -side comparison this morning of leprosy and a person that's lost. You know, a person that, uh, just like with leprosy, they don't really realize how lost and how sick that they really are. Now, leprosy brings on death. There, there's no cure leprosy they, they didn't have a medicine I, I mean I, the Bible doesn't say but you know he probably tried to flour and olive oil and salt and any other resource that they had and would rub it on that leprosy to try to do a home remedy to get rid of it nothing wouldn't work Nothing you can do yourself will change uh, your condition of being lost. Verse 2, And the Syrians have gone out by companies and have brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. I think the Bible was kind in, in the way that it describes that. Really, she was a slave, really. But, but she served them in their house. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. 
don't you know this is good news that she knows somebody that could help you. I want to tell you this morning if you're lost, there's one mediator between God and man, and that's our Lord Jesus, and He's the only one that can help you this morning. You're sick. How do you know? How do I know that you're sick? I've been in your shoes. I was lost too at one time. The Lord changed that for me. He wants to change it for you. He can and He will. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, go to go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. I don't know about you, but uh, he thought he was going to buy him a healing. You know, it just shows us that we can't buy salvation. There's nothing that we can take before the great healer and pay him that. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come to thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes. And that means that he tore him. I mean, he was angry. And he said, Am I God? to kill and make alive, that this man descend unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how that he seeketh a quarrel against me. You know, this man was this man was a roadblock on his way to recovery. Satan puts many things in the life of a sinner trying to seek salvation. Uh, you know, he, he'll make it difficult for you. He'll he'll put roadblocks and things in your way that you have to that you have to move around. Naaman didn't realize it when uh, he captured this young girl from Israel, but God was in the matter. I think that was all planned. That she knew about the Lord. See, in Syria, they were out of worshipers. They didn't know God. But this this girl that come from Israel, she did. So I really believe that that God was in the matter when. Uh, they captured her and, and and Naaman didn't even realize it. But she was there to help. You think back 
when you were lost, uh, God sent people to you to try to help you, to talk to you, and you probably don't even realize it until after that you've uh, you've gotten saved, and, and you can look back and you can see full circle what was going on, how God was working behind the scenes. Verse 8, And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. You know, we've read uh, many times about Elisha. Uh, Elisha received a double portion. He was hooked up with God. I mean, he was God's man. Verse 9, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of Elisha. Uh, I want you to think about what the king had done for him uh, there at Syria. He had uh, he had sent the main man, the head of security, away so that he could be healed. He'd give him time off of work, off of his responsibility of his, his job to protect the king and, and the kingdom. But not only that, he had sent soldiers with him to help him. I mean, this was, he, he wanted him to be healed. He wanted his health to be restored so that he could uh, keep the position that he had. He was important to the king. Verse 10, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Why did Elisha do that? Why did he not come out to him himself? He didn't want there to be no confusion for Naaman. He didn't want Naaman to think that he had healed him, that he had done this great work, this miracle. He wanted to take himself out of the picture and give all the honor and glory to God. But Naaman was wrought and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me. I mean, you know, he, here he is. He's the man. Everybody has always looked up to him. He's important. It's like, don't he know who I am? He will surely come out to me and stand and will call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know, there was some humming going on there. Verse 12. 
and Adabana and Papar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be clean? So we turned and went away in a rage. When we were in Israel, the Jordan River was muddy. And I can kind of understand his reasoning on this. How, how could a muddy river clean you up? Well, I'm going to tell you if you're lost and if you're ever saved, you'll be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And when that's done, you'll be white as snow. And, and you might think, how could I be washed in red blood? And come out white, pure and clean. God can. You know, I, I, I tried to think about this. It's like my parallel there with the roads. Uh, we have uh, Delhalla Lake. Uh, I've got a boat up there, and it's clear water. You can see your feet most of the time when, you, when you're in the water. And Center Hill's no different. Uh, it's it's really clean. And then just south of us is Old Hickory. A good fishing lake, but not really one that I care to swim in. I, I've swam in it before in Barren River as well, but they're both muddy. And you'll have to soak your bathing suits to get the, the mud out of them. After you go swimming there, so so he's thinking these these two clean rivers that I've got up at Damascus. Why couldn't I wash and be clean in them? But you know, there's something there bigger than all this. He had come. He had to come to realize that it wasn't the water that was going to do the work. That muddy water didn't clean him up. It was God. But he had to be willing to uh, to do as he was instructed, to do it God's way. Now this wasn't something that... Well, I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't. This wasn't something that Elisha had come up with on his own. He had prayed to God about the matter and, and God had instructed him what to do and how to do. And so that's what he told Naaman. So there he is. He's he's going away in a rage. And you know, I I see lost sinners nowadays and uh, you talk to them about their condition and they just get angry. They're not going to do what it takes to be saved. If I've got to do that, if, if I've got to come to this morning bench and I've got to bow before everybody and cry out, I'm not willing to do that. I'm not going to do it. Verse 13. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, 
My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he said to thee, Wash and be clean. You know, I don't believe that they knew the Lord either, but God uses people that's not even saved to lead God and direct those that are lost to Him. Um, we're all God's children. It's just some have come to know Him in the free pardon of sin and some have not. But these servants seemed that He was going to go away and not even try to do what had been instructed of Him to do. I want to tell you today, today God has provided a way for you to be here this morning. He's given you an opportunity today to to make an altar, to bow before Him so that you can be made clean. And just like Naaman, if you go away today and, and you don't seek His face for salvation, You'll never have this opportunity, this day, again. And his servants knew that. I mean, if he walked away from that, he couldn't go back. He couldn't do it again. So, so they they had, they had set this special time aside. They've been given uh, the time off work by their boss. that they could be there this very day. Verse 14, Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. The Bible doesn't say, but I can almost picture him being skeptical about it, waiting off in that muddy water, and he, he thought, "Man, I'm getting muddy. This is this is nasty." And when he went down the first time, and he come back up, he probably said, "See, this ain't been no good. I've still got it." Some did, but most of us, we didn't get saved the first trip that we come to the mourners' bench, the first place that we made an altar. We didn't make it. I know I didn't. It took many years for me. And it was my fault. It wasn't wasn't no one else's. It was mine. But he kept on, didn't he? I'm sure that probably his servants, they probably had to tell him, well, try it again. He said seven times, "You, you dip down in the water, Again, don't you quit. You keep trying. You know, that's what a lot of sinners got to do. They've got to keep trying until they make it. Verse 15, And he returned to the man of God, he and all of his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. 
Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, as the Lord liveth, before whom I'm standing, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Elisha didn't want him to be confused in no way, no how, that he bought the healing that he received from God. He declined the money. I want to tell you this morning, if you're lost, You don't need to quit. We go back up to verse 11. I'll tell you Naaman's problem. and I'll tell you, if you've not been saved, I'll tell you your problem this morning. You might not want to hear it. But Naaman was wrought and went away. Behold, I thought. You know, if you're ever saved, you're going to have to get I out of the way. I just hope and pray that you would consider the reading this morning. I know it's been simple, and I've heard Naaman preached on many times. I've never preached on it personally myself. The Lord's never directed me to preach about this particular subject. But it's important. Just like just like Naaman, his his uh, the king, his boss, had given him and, and the employees in under him time and opportunity to go and be healed. You've got that time today, and it's, it's your choice whether you take it or not to bow before the Lord, to ask Him to save you. Don't be like Naaman and, and and think, well, it won't do no good. I, I've I've tried. I, I've I've bowed before. Well, I know when probably when he raised up after the first time and he still had leprosy and he thought, well, ain't nothing to this. This ain't gonna do no good. That's what Satan will tell you. But if you keep trying, you'll finally get I out of the way. And you'll 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 put him first, and you'll figure out it's all about him. I want to thank you for listening this morning. If you want to get a song, I'm done. If you're hearing lost, I know that. Uh, this altar is always open to you. It's your choice. Whereas that you come and try to be clean today. Uh, we're not going to make you. We're not going to beg you. And we're not going to come back there and get you by the arm and drag you up here. Uh, that wouldn't do any good. 
that you just considered <coughs> leprosy is uh, was a death sentence you've got a death sentence as well if you don't get saved hell will be your eternal home there's 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 no hope for you so you just please you just realize just how sick that you are this morning.